check. Can you hear me? You can? It is so good to preach to faces. Amen. For 11 weeks, we uh, just spoke to our cameras, and um, I am just so excited to be back here. And um, I'm, I really, I have been praying so much about this day, and um, I believe that people are going to receive a lot more than just a good message. Amen. So uh, I'm going to pray. Let's pray before we begin. Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name that hearts be open today. And I believe that the Spirit of God that is within each and every person, that is not only here but watching, that the Spirit of God will be manifested in their heart and their life. And I just believe new revelation to come forth. Amen. All right. I was going to say you could be seated, but it's... If you want to follow along, you can go to rmfchurch.org, click on media, then notes, and um, follow along with the notes today. Today is Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after Easter. 2,000 years ago, the Spirit of God was poured out, and uh, it was poured out upon this planet, and it has never left. So the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that was poured out upon the disciples is in each and every one of you today. You need to just think about I've been thinking about that every day. I've been just thinking about that. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of us. So we are so thankful. And I know there's a lot going on in our nation besides the COVID, the, the, the mass uh, protests and everything. I want to tell you something. This scripture came more alive to me than ever before. John 13, 35 says, this is how the world's going to know you're my disciples. How? Because of your love for one another. If there is ever a time in history, uh, probably outside of the Civil War, the Civil War was just, there was nothing civil about it. And uh, it was just so horrible, people killing one another. But this is a time where God, I believe, is going to use us and use the church to show the world, to be an example that we are followers of Christ, not because of even what we preach, but because of the love of God. Amen. Amen? (laughs) That we love everybody, no matter what. Amen. So we're getting started? I'm done. All righty. I'm done. I'm done now. You know, I'm a real teacher, and he's a real preacher, and those two <coughs> typically don't really flow that well together, but we're going to do this We're going to flow. We're going to do awesome today. So, Ice cream and cake. Most of you know that I grew up in Africa, and many of my years were spent in boarding school, and um, phoning home was not something you did if there was not life or limb or crisis. It, you just didn't do it. And this is why you didn't do it. I mean, it was expensive for one. But for number two, we had these kind of phones still. Now, in other places of the world. you got to explain that to little kids. Okay. So I'll explain to all everybody you kids listening. There were no numbers. Okay. There was this crank that you cranked and cranked and cranked. In most places of the world, as soon as the operator heard that little ding ding or whatever it did, they would answer it and say, what may I do? How, where can I connect you to? <clears throat> but where I lived, 
it was a battle of endurance. Who would last the longest? You and your cranking or the operator's ability to ignore you? It, it, was, it was endurance. And so you'd crank. Hello, hello, Navasha. Nothing. Crank. Hello, hello, Navasha. For 45 minutes. Okay. So I wanted to connect with my parents. I had a crisis. And so I would do this. For, I, I wasn't going to give up. I was, I'm here for the long haul. So eventually you'd hear this very angry voice. This is Navasha. How can I help you? Oh. And then we would have another battle. I would say, I need you to connect me with Dodoma number nine. And they would say, there is no such number as Dodoma number nine. And I'd say, I've lived there all my life. It's my phone number all my life. Just push nine. And they would say, no, 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 we have to have seven digits. I'd say, no, 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 just push nine. So we'd have this other battle. And eventually, just because he wanted to get rid of me, he would push nine. And then I could talk to my parents. Now, all, all of us sometimes, this is not the way it's supposed to be, but sometimes as we are endeavoring to connect with the Lord personally and connect with all these wonderful, great, and precious promises that we see in the Word, sometimes we get this idea that we're going, God, 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 God. Are you there? Are you there? Oh, he's not there. Go, 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 go. Are you there? Are you there? Oh, he's not there. How do I do this? It's this, it's this endurance thing. It's like, how am I going to, ooh, ah, ooh, it's me wanting to connect. And God, man, he's just me. And that is an, a huge misconception. And so we're going to talk about just three simple ways today that, that it is the will of God for you to connect with him. Now, all you kids out there, we're going to kind of weave our Bible story through the message today, and we're going to be talking about this man named Saul. Now, if you met Saul, uh, you would be totally confused about him because Saul was trying to connect with God as best he could. He wanted God to be happy with him. He wanted to please God. He, he wanted to do what he's supposed to do, and this is how he did it. He looked for every Christian he could find, and he persecuted them. He beat them. He hurt them. He locked them up in prison. And all while he's doing this, he's thinking, I'm making God glad. This is what I'm going to do. Boy, the more I lock up, the happier God's going to be with me. Boy, am I connecting with God. And boy, was he confused. <laughs> and so um, poor, poor Saul, here he is pouring his life out, except he missed one major point. Now, all you kids, I want you to look at my nose today. Every single one of you, look at my nose. All right, we're going to learn a memory verse. And I hope that your parents are as good at memory verses as you are. So, are you all ready? Does everybody look at my nose? We're going to sing this verse. Miss Tiffany, are we going to put it up there? Let's see. This is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, floating in the water. How fun is that? So, here we go. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. That's what it says in Ephesians 2, verse 8. Now, some of you clearly... That's not how we learn memory verses, I'm just saying. 
Well, I think we're way better than you are at learning Absolutely. memory verses, just for the record. <laughs> so we're going to do it one more time, and Pastor's going to join us this time. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to sing. Here so we go. The, the notes might be here, there, and everywhere, but just don't worry. Participation is right. what's important. Here we go. <laughs> for by, by grace, grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. That's what it says in Ephesians 2, verse 8. They sounded pretty good. I sure did. You did also. That was, yeah, you had like 80% of the notes. That was great. Yeah. I'm just saying in Kentucky, we had a real phone. It made it, did it make it sound like she was in like World War II or something? Hello, hello, hello. We just went, it was a lot better. But anyway, the three things that help us connect to God, the first one, of course, is faith. Faith. And uh, I think most of us have struggled so much with faith. I feel like I have had a better revelation of faith in the last couple of years than I've ever had my, with my walk with God and that I always thought faith is something that you it was so hard to accomplish and that you could be off just a little bit and faith is just basically that you're trusting what God has already done you are trusting what God has already done you're not trying to get God to do something but you are trusting that what he did for you is an accomplished thing mm -hmm. did you get that and so uh, I, I didn't go over our scripture, Romans 15, 13, but it fits in really good right here. It you says, want a song? Or? Oh, you're okay. Okay. That's now fine. may God that... No. <laughs> doesn't work for me. But Romans 15, 13 says, Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him, and may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. Everywhere it says trust, that is faith. That's what you're believing. So we're trusting that, and it just, this scripture just makes my mind go tilt, but the Lord gave this to us back in November. And I believe it was a perfect scripture for this year, what we're going through. Because the world is in turmoil, yet God says, you trust me, Mike. Amen. You trust me. And when we trust him, he says, I'm going to make sure to manifest this super abundance of power that the Holy Ghost is going to manifest in your life. And also this uncontainable joy and perfect peace. This is the two things that our world needs. Not mm -hmm. just Pueblo, but the whole world needs uncontainable joy and perfect peace. That's right. And God says, I've provided that for you. Just trust me and believe me because it's there. So if we're going to connect with God, we're going to have to have this faith in believing. So the new covenant works on believing promises rather than trying to obey commandments. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it again. The new covenant, the thing that you and I are in today, it works on believing promises rather than trying to obey commandments. How many think that's great news? Because I was raised in church. i got to obey if I'm going to get anything. I've got to try harder if I'm going to get anything. God comes along and says, I've already given it to you. It's not whether or not you're going to try to work it out. I've already worked it out for you. You just believe it. 
Woo! That's good stuff. That is good stuff. It is good stuff. Romans 4.13 says this. God promised Abraham and his descendants that they would have an heir who would reign over the world. This royal promise was not fulfilled, listen to this, because Abraham kept all of the law. He didn't keep all the commandments, but through the righteousness that was transferred by faith. That's how you get it. That's exactly how you get it. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So this is what God is saying. If we're going to make that connection. In other words, you say, man, I, it's, you, you say these promises are for us, but they're not manifesting in my life. This is how you get them to manifest in your life. You realize, first of all, that you don't have to work to get them. You realize they've already been given. And then you have to say, God has said yes to Mike Davis. Yes to what? Every single promise. If I'm believing for your healing, God says, Mike, I say yes to your healing. To getting your needs met, Mike, I've said yes to all of your needs have been met according to my riches and glory. Every promise has been yes. Our part is to say the amen. You know what that means? Whatever has been said, I agree with it, so be it. That's the amen part. So our part is the amen part. His part is the yes part, and he has said yes. Amen. So if we're not feeling like a sense of rest on the inside of ourselves, we, it should be like a red flag for us. It should be. That it should somehow be. we're feeling like there's something we need to do, and sometimes the Lord does lead us to do things, but... At the very base of things is we should be resting and trusting in him because he did the doing. <laughs> and we're walking thing. it out. We partake in the divine nature by believing the promises have been given to us. Yeah. That's receiving the divine nature. That's right. So Saul uh, is still persecuting people, still locking up, and he, he decided he was going to do a big one. He was going to go to the city of Damascus. He was going to, he got permission. He had a letter in his pocket. And when you asked him, what do you think you're doing? He'd pull it out and it said, any Christian that you find, you can lock them up. You can do whatever you want to them. I mean, it was, it was up to him. He could do anything he wanted, any Christian. Boy, did he think he was doing something great for God. He's got his letter in his pocket. He's on his way. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to show God how much I love him. I'm going to lock up Christians. And he's on his way with some of the people who were there and were going to help him. And all of a sudden, there came the brightest light you've ever seen in all your life. It was so bright he had to close his eyes. He fell to the ground. And out of that light came a voice. Can anybody tell me who they think that was? Does anybody know? Nobody knows? Well, I'm going to tell you because he didn't know either. He was thinking, oh, my goodness. And out of that light came this voice that said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Persecuting me means you're being mean to me. Saul still thought, who in the world? What voice? What is this? I don't know. And he said the only thing he could think of, he said, Lord, who are you? He still couldn't see. The light was too bright. And out of that light came this voice again, and it said, Saul, 
It's Jesus, the one that you're persecuting. Can you imagine all the thoughts going through Saul's head? He thought he was loving God. And you know what? God knew that he was trying to love God. And God knew that if he didn't do something like this, Saul would never get it. You know, God wants to connect with us, and he will do whatever it takes to connect with you. Amen, amen. And so all of a sudden, Saul's like, he said again, the only thing he could think of, Lord, what do you want me to do? And Jesus gave him a real simple task. He said, just get up and go into the city, and I'll let you know what to do. And so when he got up, he opened his eyes. But the light had been so bright, it blinded him. He could not see a thing. He blinked his eyes. He blinked him. He looked around. But he couldn't see anything. And the people who were with him, they had heard the voice, but they didn't see the light, so they could see. They had to take him by the hand. And they led him into the city. And that's where he connected with God. It's kind of like how Melody sees me when she first wakes up in the morning. It's just this... Certain certain similarities. Bright light. Yeah, certain. She can't very talk, bright. Can't talk or very sing. loud. <laughs> I wasn't going there, but anyway, Proverbs four twenty three says this. It says that out of your heart flow the issues of life. Uh, so on the inside of us, that's why it says to guard your heart. God wants to reveal things. He's not withholding anything. Just like Melody says, he will do anything and everything to try to help people, just like he did Paul. So the first one was by faith. The second way we, God wants to connect with us or help us connect is by revelation. In other words, it's not just knowledge. It's not just knowledge. A lot of us, we have Bible knowledge, but to connect with God, we have to have revelation. And so out of the abundance of our heart, Things are released, and so we have to find out what's in our heart, and we have to protect that because there's so many times that we feel like this should have happened, and it didn't, and we get offended. Mm-hmm. We get offended about God, and we, we say, okay, I'm not going to be able to believe that because I was expecting this to happen, and it didn't. But uh, like many people, Saul suffered from an illusion of separation. God is up there. We're down here. Did you realize that the whole purpose, for the first hundred years, the, the, the disciples and all the preachers, they didn't preach the gospel to get people to go to heaven. It really, you study church history. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that's not what we do. But the main thing they preach was the gospel is here to help you in life right now. Right now. And so this is why I emphasize this. You know, I, I believe that if you're having heaven here on earth, you're not going to want to hurry up and check out to get to heaven up there. Amen? So I believe that, that and Saul was having a hard time connecting because he thought God was up there. When I was growing up in church, you know, there's so many times we thought the promises were up there, the power was up there, everything was up there, and so there was a disconnect and so our whole life, we, we need to pray revival down. We need to pray heaven down. And God says, you know what? 2,000 years ago, heaven came down. Jesus came down. The Holy Ghost came down. It all came down. And yeah. it's never left. That's right. That power has never left us. And so we need to have a revelation 
of Christ in you, the hope of glory. We need to have a revelation of the goodness of God inside of you, the love of God inside of you, and it never has left. Amen. Never has left. John 17, 3 says this, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So eternal life is knowing Jesus, is knowing the one that's on the inside of you and me today. And so if you want to make the connection, you know, instead of just trying to pursue so many things, pursue him. Because the Bible says Christ in you, the hope of glory, that's where eternal life is. Mm -hmm. The strongest connection you're going to have to the promises of God, to the things of God, is knowing him, knowing Jesus. All righty. And so... Saul went into Damascus, but it wasn't like he had planned. They found him a quiet place. (laughs) And for three days, he didn't eat anything. He didn't drink anything. He couldn't see anything. The only thing he could do was think and pray. Think about what happened. How could this be? How could I have been so wrong? What does this mean to me? God must not going to be kill me forever, I think, what I did because... I'm still alive. He must love me. He must care about me. What does this mean to me? How is my life going to change? I've still got the paper in my pocket. I was going to come kill people. Now what do I do? I don't know what to do. Who am I now? And after three days, God miraculously sent someone to him. And a man named Ananias came. Very brave man because what did he have in his pocket? A paper that said he could kill Christians. But God spoke to Ananias, who was a Christian, and he came and he ministered to Saul. He prayed for him. And when he prayed for Saul, his eyes that were blind, scales fell off of his eyes, kind of like a snake skin would come off of a snake. And there, his blindness fell to the ground and he could see. And not only had his Physical blindness left him, but his spiritual blindness had left him. And he he was baptized. He was born again. He was filled with the Spirit all at once. And he began this process of learning. Now, what does it mean that I've discovered that this Jesus that I was persecuting now lives on the inside of me? Because by Grace, he was saved through faith. He loves it when I do this. And that not of himself. It was a gift of God. That's what it said in Ephesians 2, verse 8. That's what it said. That's, that's my contribution. <laughs> it was good. That Thank was you. Very on, steady. On, on time? Mm-hmm. Good, on good rhythm. Time. Okay, good. Uh, Saul, after that, he went away for three years, guys. All the little ones, three years, he went away to discover Jesus mm-hmm. and to discover who he was. So his identification. So we're going to connect with God and his promises by faith. We're going to connect by revelation. And you're going. And let me just say this. You can hear us teach and you can hear teachings about the promises and things of God. But there's things that you have to experience. Mm-hmm. You just have to experience, and that's revelation. And then the third one is by identification. Paul found and discovered who Christ was, but he also discovered who he was in Christ. So if we're going to make the connection with with God and his promises and everything that he's done for us, we have to know our identification. 
You have to know it's by grace, by faith. And that's why we put on our website, we put on there all of the in him, in whom, in Christ scriptures. You can look up at our website and find out all these scriptures. Anytime it says in Christ, that's you. You can put your name in there. So we are seated in heavenly places right now. Your brain just says, well, that doesn't make sense. But you have to teach yourself and know yourself, I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus right now. Mm -hmm. All of the promises are yes and amen right now, not when you get to heaven. Christ lives in me right now. I'm a new creature in Christ. Mm -hmm. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. So all of these things are our identification. And so the more that you dwell on things like this, because your, your life on the outside may go contrary to what you are thinking and believing. And let me just say this. The more that you concentrate on what God has done for you instead of on what you feel, your checkbook, or what's going on around you. Because things out here will go contra- contrary to what uh, you are saying on the inside of you. So I encourage you. Start speaking out of your mouth. You know, you may not want to do that when you're in aisle 12 at Coles or something. But, you know, you, you, you need to speak. Is there an aisle 12? Anyway, you, you, you just need to, to speak it out. And the more you speak it out on a regular basis that by the stripes of Jesus, I know that I'm healed. Amen. I feel pain in here. I know that. But I know there's a greater truth that by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. So in John 17, 23, it says, I am in them and you are in me. May the experience, may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. That's what Jesus, that was his testimony. God, he says, I want them to know. I want the world to know. The whole world, the people in India, the people in China, the people in Russia, the people in Iraq, the people in America, South America, Canada, every country, China. Every country, God says, I want them to know that you love them as much as you love me. And that is the road to knowing the goodness of God, that he loves you no matter what, and it never stops. In Ephesians 1.3, we'll close with this. The Passion Translation says this, Everything heaven contains has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful Heavenly Father. Man, is that a good father? The Father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all of our hearts. That is an awesome scripture. God has lavished these things upon us. So we need to start believing. We need to start. God wants us to experience this. Amen. I'm going to pray for you. And uh, if you need prayer or want prayer, I'm going to go in the parking lot. You just come to me and I'll pray for you. That's the way we're going to do prayer today. And um, I'm going to pray over you. And as you're dismissed, you can put your offering in the bucket. And listen, I am so excited about June. I'm going to start, the Lord just really put this on my heart, about the church, about us meeting together, the importance of it. I just, 11 weeks of not doing this, um, kind of put me in shock and it just started making me see some things differently having a greater appreciation for us meeting together how about you it's just a bigger appreciation of being able to meet together so I'm going to be talking about that in June
So let's go ahead and stand and I'll pray for you. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name for your goodness, for all that you have done for us. I pray not only for this church, but for the world, all the people around the world, God, those that know Christ, those that don't know you. I just pray for people that the faith of God, the grace of God would explode with inside of them, that their eyes would be open, that the scales would fall off their eyes. They'll have revelation. They'll see you differently. They'll see the God of all gods differently. And then they'll know who they are. I would just pray, God, for the manifestation of the promises to start happening to people as they start this journey and are on this journey, that healing will spring forth. Finances, every need met will spring forth. Lives will be changed. Marriages to be healed. Relationships to be healed. Because we are making a connection like we never have. That God never has left us nor forsaken us. And he's not withholding, but he has lavished everything upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe, are the ushers, are you going to, if you want to just dismiss from the back to the front, I think that's the way they want us. We're trying to do all of the rules because we want us. Just because, yeah, just because, all right? God bless you. You're dismissed.